All right, we're going to get started, and um, I do want to say, if, if you can hear my voice and you're in the lobby, if you can hear my voice, you, we can hear you in the lobby, and you do have time to go to a class if you, if you leave now, and you're in the lobby, you can go to a class, you can choose to go to a class. I'm talking about those people talking in the lobby right now. Yes. Um, but if you, I don't mind you not going to class, just don't talk in such a way that our class is disturbed. I really don't mind. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, some apologies is that we've, if you're just joining the class, you've missed the original trilogy, and now we're on the prequels. Um, and I apologize for that, but, but we are going to plumb the depths of the prequels for their spiritual content. And uh, we're going to start that today with analyzing the title of episode one. That's as far as we need to go. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. So uh, I do want to, if you haven't, to, to be part of this discussion, it helps if you, if you already have seen The Phantom Menace and know some of the, the plot. And this is going to be a spoiler if you haven't, but so what? Um, and... So if you, if, if you need help with that, then be in a group of people who already know what the, the plot is. But if you notice, uh, I mean, I think this is really, really cool uh, way to illustrate how bad the first movie is. Um, starts out with the crawl, great, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. I mean, that's, you know, civil war is upon us, that type of thing uh, from the other crawls. That, that's fine, I, you know, that gets you excited. And then the second sentence is just taxation, taxation of trade routes. That long star system is in dispute. Okay, okay, wow, wow. It could have been space pirates. It could have been all types of exciting things. And it, it's a taxation of trade routes. Ugh, this is why that's so bad. Okay, but um, the Phantom Menace. So I'm going to throw this out for somebody to answer, and then we're going to discuss it because there's there's some dispute on this, not just the taxation part. Um, who is the Phantom Menace? Darth Sidious. Who is the is? He's the current as of the as of this whole thing. He's the current master of the Sith because there's only the rule of there can only be one master. Yeah, one he's the master, and in this movie, Darth Maul, Maul is the apprentice. And uh, he's also Chancellor, or I guess at this point he's a Senator Palpatine. And the thing is, um, and I gotta get that crawl back on here. Um, the thing is, that's, that's what I typically thought the Phantom Menace was, was there's this Darsidious person and the Jedi somehow don't even recognize. I mean, they're around him the whole time and they don't know that he's a Sith. And so he's a phantom menace. But there's another option, and that is that the way that Palpatine is going to get power is he's going to make this trade federation um, attack Naboo. And he's but it's all he's manipulating the whole thing. He's manipulating the whole thing so that he can get more power in the Senate. Um, and once he gets that power, then he can become the emperor. And so 
it's a phantom menace though, it's not real. He's manipulating the whole thing to produce fear because when people are fearful, they're gonna give him more power. And that's where I think we might have fodder for discussion. Especially, I mean, I don't, when you think about the political season that we're in and how politicians on both sides of the, of the system manipulate people through fear, a phantom menace is interesting. So um, I want you to take a few minutes to talk to people around you about, I think about there can be spiritual application for both of those phantom menace possibilities. Um, are there times when there are evil things around us that we're totally oblivious to and why are we oblivious to those things? So why are the Jedi you know, oblivious to Emperor Palpatine and his Sith uh, leanings? Are there times when we, you know, what's causing that for them and are there, is there some things we can learn from that? But also, you know, what, what about this season of being fearful and how that fear drives us to give power to people who are not God uh, instead of putting our trust in God? So take a few minutes just to discuss that and then we'll come together and then uh, that lets me set up a really short clip which might help with that as well at the beginning. So go ahead and discuss that some. Okay, um, let me interrupt you just a second. I'm gonna let you go back, but I'm gonna, we're gonna show this little clip, which I've just set up, and it's just a few minutes long, uh, that may kind of help with this discussion. This is a conversation between the two Jedi who have sent, been sent to investigate the, the taxation dispute. Um, but we're just gonna watch this conversation between, uh, is it Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon? Qui-Gon and uh, Obi-Wan. We are greatly honored by your visit, Ambassadors. Make yourselves comfortable. My master will be with you shortly. I have a bad feeling about this. I don't sense anything. It's not about the mission, Master. It's something elsewhere. Elusive. Don't center on your anxieties, everyone. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. But Master Yoda said I should be mindful of the future. But not at the expense of the moment. 
Be mindful of the living force, young Padawan. Yes, Master. All right, that's all you get. Um, be mind, be mindful of the living. What's the living force? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> what is the living force? There's a living force, and then there's a cosmic force. I, I did a little reading on Wikipedia um, in preparation. Um, the prequels introduced the living force, which is, I don't know, different from the cosmic force. Um, do you need more time to talk, or can we share some things that you talked about already from... Let's go ahead and share some things you've talked about already. So any insights on the Phantom Menace and tell me what your ideas are. Yeah, yeah. we'll go here and then here. Being afraid and or angry makes you bolder. Can you say more about that? No, I'll just throw that out there. Being afraid or anger, especially among the masses, makes Vulnerable. vulnerable to influence and manipulation. <laughs> okay, let's just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. what were you going to say? Yeah. Is he's insidious and scheming to draw us in with yeah. You know, with what he's showing us, like, ooh, give you all this power, and so I, I can give you this money or whatever. Mm. You know, the threat is very much expansive. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I think the scriptures say disguised as an angel of light. Um, and I, I like that word insidious because I think that reminded me of Darth Sidious. I think yeah, maybe George Lucas has something on that. Yeah, good job. Yeah. I mean, as you were setting up the clip, I couldn't help but I mean, think about the obvious political rhetoric that's been out there this season that is all tremendously fear based as opposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And attention that it gets and, and how many are, are impacted. Yeah. And I, I see this, and I think I've seen it as I've gotten older in, I think, every political season. But um, the message from at least one side or maybe both sides is how bad the country is. And I can fix it. So everything's really, really bad, and, and let me fix it. And that's, that's become so repetitive a message now that I'm like, okay, well, I don't think I can trust anybody to necessarily fix it. Uh, just if you think you're going to fix it just by voting for president. I think there's broader ways. Not, and I don't mean to say that that's an unimportant decision. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that, that's the other thing I want to say was that clip just really kind of emphasized <coughs> that, that idea of I miss out. 
what is really good right mm -hmm. here, right now. Yeah. Yeah, keep your focus on the present, not the future. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was saying that most of this kind of stems from our human tendency for loss aversion as opposed to gain. So we'll, we have a tendency to adhere to a fear-based leader because uh, the fear is that we're going to lose something. Whereas somebody who gives, um, gives messages of hope and gaining something, we don't really adhere to them as much as the, the fear because we're not really losing anything. From yeah. There. What was the, the line you used at the beginning? It's loss aversion. Loss aversion. We're more prone to loss aversion than gain. Right. We don't desire. want to lose something we already have. Yeah. Um, rather than gain something. Yeah. It's an easier message to say, don't lose what you already have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's like uh, the debate that uh, David has after he's. Um, Satan comes to him and says, take a census. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's afraid. So he's like, oh, crap. Okay, I better take a census. And his advisors are like, no, don't take, you know, you don't even take a census. But he goes ahead and it, does it. And God comes back to him and says, you know, hey, you've got three choices of how to handle your situation that you put yourself in with fear. You're either going to, um, A, there's going to be a famine in the land for the first three years or not. Yeah. Uh, B, um, your your uh, fear will be handed by man. Uh, like I'll, I'll put a ruler mm -hmm. in place or something. And then the third choice is um, I'm going to handle it. So David, you know, son of Jesse, he decides that um, it's much more. I don't know if it's fruitful or beneficial, but it's much more wise to just let God handle it. So in his situation, in his time frame, he's like, I'm going to give it to God. And God was like, okay, well, since you made this, um, since you did this census, I'm going to put an angel over that's going to yeah. smite Israel. And uh, after, you know, a few tens of thousands of Israelites died, David's just like torn all the pieces. Mm -hmm. And God's like, I'll stop it. I'm going to stop it. Yeah. So God has... Uh, um, so, 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 so God talks to the angel David's like there somehow. It's kind of some metaphorical talk and it's Old Testament, but he puts the sword back. And I think kind of what we're seeing in uh, Phantom Menace is basically a deal where um, if good will just submit to the will of the good force, that mm. it will, the sword of the battle will never be able to yeah. win the battle. Okay, good. It's, I think, you know, we did this with. Um, Return of the Jedi, we, we noted how even in that title, which originally was supposed to be Revenge of the Jedi and Can Jedi Take Revenge, here we have Phantom Menace, which is an interesting title. Uh, and the more I think about it, the more, I mean, I've never really thought about it that much until preparing for this class. And I think that's, there's some pretty applicable things we can get from that. Hey, yeah. The Phantom Menace also may be with this little kid that they're going to see. Yeah, is uh, Anakin Skywalker the Phantom Menace? I mean, that's he absolutely is, but it could be other people too. Yeah, there's so many menaces, and so many are phantom <laughs> in this possibility. Um, and this is a, a reminder, as I was thinking about this too, and this is a passage from Psalms uh, 20, verse 7, which you're probably familiar with. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Um, that's, that's a constant reminder that I have to 
tell myself, especially during uh, an election year, of where are we putting our trust? And we just constantly have to remind ourselves as Christians that we have a different trust base than everybody else. Not to say that um, politics are unimportant, but they're, they're relativized by our faith. Uh, we don't put all our trust in that. Yeah. And it, and it even goes to even the micro of that. Like we, sometimes it's easier to tell ourselves that folks put our trust on the big stuff. But I've seen in the past month that I have struggled on the smaller stuff and I want to, I can fix the smaller stuff. Yeah. And so I'll fix that small stuff when the truth is I should give that to God as well. And yeah. trust God in that as well. Because as with many things, when you start small, with the, with this bit small stuff, the big stuff becomes a lot easier. So I think it's, as instead of just trying to eat this huge chunk and say, okay, I'm going to put this on God, start with the smaller things and that will help you look at the bigger yeah. things and give trust to God. Yeah, if you're faithful and little, you will also be faithful in, in much. Yeah. Good. Okay, I want us to, we're going to watch a longer clip. Um, I'm going to have to get it queued up here. And I apologize, it's, it is where we are introduced to Jar Jar Binks. Uh, I want us to watch this clip. Uh, I think there's some things maybe we can He's learn. He's a phantom menace. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is a phantom menace. <laughs> That well, there's a great there's a great YouTube clip which I didn't queue up for today, but it's Jar Jar as a uh, Sith Lord, and the way they kind of put it together and reinterpret him would be so much better if he really is a Sith Lord. And it's, it is a possible interpretation that he is a Sith Lord who's pretending to be this bumbling moron. Could it just be that he's a bumbling moron because George Lucas is making this movie for his kids? I mean, he doesn't think about us; he's thinking about his kids anyway. Um, <laughs> couple things I want us to point to to be aware of as we watch this um, there's now he's a Gungan and they're on the planet of Naboo so we have are they called Nubians or Nabooians so we have these more humanoid type people and then we have whatever Jar Jar Binks is which is some sort of reptilian froggish I don't, would his skin be slimy or dry? If you took, was it like a snake? It looks slimy, but anyway. Anyway, um, Jar Jar, he's just a weird character. Um, they are in a, as is said in this clip, a symbiotic relationship, and I think there's some things that we can learn from that. And then also, uh, Jar Jar is connected to Qui Gon with a life debt, and I want us to think about. Now, this is apparently a Gungan religious principle, and we don't get the, the word religion or gods thrown around in Star Wars a lot, but this is we saw it with C-3PO being worshipped by the Ewoks, and here we see it with uh, the Gungans having a religious pantheon and what the gods say about a life debt. And then I want us to think about, is that a, also not just a Gungan principle, is that a Christian principle in the sense of, you know, I, I remember we used to sing this hymn back in the day, I gave my life for thee, what have you done for me, is basically how it went. And uh, I was thinking about possible verses that taught that, and I, I need help. I, I couldn't, and I'm the one that's supposed to know the Bible better than anybody, and I'm a genius in the Bible, and I'm, I have all the right words and all the best theology, uh, but um, I have the best words. But uh, I could not think of a passage that said that explicitly. So I want us to think about that life debt thing, and is that really a Christian principle? Okay. Um, 
before we, as I'm setting this up, go ahead and discuss your Phantom Menace things, and then that'll give us give me some time to set this up, and then we'll watch the clip. Okay, here we go. Prepare yourselves for Jar Jar Binks and some really, really bad. Well, I'm not gonna. Let's just be positive. This is awesome movie making at its finest. Yeah.
Once those droids take control of the surface, they will take control of you. We shall not think so. They not know of who served. You and the Nabu form a symbiote circle. What happens to one of you will affect the other. You must understand this. We should not care about uh, Nabu. And the speed is on our way. We shall gonna speed you away. We could use a transporter. We shall give you some the bongo. A speediest way to the Nabu is going through the planet core. Thank you for your help. We leave in peace. Master, what's a bongo? Transporter, help. There's a second you said up. Going through the planet core? That's it. Any help here with you? Ha! <laughs> Master, we're short of time. We need a navigator to get us through the planet's core. This Gungan may be of help. What is to become of Jar Jar Binks here? He seemed to be punish. <laughs> I saved his life. He owes me what you call a life debt. Your gods demand. Life belongs to me. Binks! You, sir, have the life play with this mission? Take some time to talk to people around you about possibly you might have more messages than this, but the the symbiotic thing I think is interesting, and then also the life debt issue, and then whatever else you want to, whatever else you saw in that clip. But uh, take a few minutes to talk, and then we'll come together as a whole group.
I don't remember that. Saved his life to make it even. <laughs> It's a natural human human uh, instinct. That, is it there like uh, what's it called? Re- Repar- not recreation. Were you responding kind? If somebody gives you know loans you something, you're more likely to loan them something. This is why advertisers say you know free gift if you do this because they know that there's some expectation that we're gonna give them something. Back. Yeah. Reciprocate. Yeah, yeah, reciprocal relationship. Yeah. It is. It's too much with the Senate and the. <laughs> I know. I mean, they got weird characters, so that part's good. There's some chairs over there they would have pulled out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do have chairs if anybody standing up needs a chair or wants a chair. Well, you're welcome to come in. There's some back there. And oh, we'll bring you some chairs. Okay. Um, what do you guys got? Uh, anybody have any good good thoughts on this? Yeah, Michael. The closest we came up um, to a life that, in the biblical speaking, was what Morgan Freeman was to Kevin Costner and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That has nothing to do with the Bible. So we couldn't find anything. <laughs> nothing in the Bible, but Morgan Freeman to Robin Hood. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, um, yeah, so this is... Um, Somebody was mentioning, Terry mentioned that in Andy Griffith's show, uh, Andy Griffith saves Gomer Pyle's life and Gomer becomes this thorn in his side for a long time and so Andy has to rig a time when Gomer can save his life and then it, that backfires and Andy actually has to save Gomer a second time. And, but So there is, a, um, there is this kind of cultural, cultural thing about if someone saves your life, you owe them your life. Yeah. Religion um, superseded mm-hmm. 
superseded the laws of the, of the nation. The God, that makes any the God sense. laws were above the state laws. So the God laws trumped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't, that was unintentional. <laughs> totally unintentional. Wow. Uh, the God laws superseded is a better word. Um, the state laws. And, and it's interesting to me, I, I don't know if there's a lesson in this, but that I assume that Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, I can't remember, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, um, I don't think believes in the gods of the Gungans, but is willing to use their religious belief to serve his own ends. Um, and I meant to send you into groups going, you know, discuss this with a wave of my hand so that you had to, to use my forced thoughts on you. Um, yeah. Pierce my ear. Take me to your door this day when they used to pierce their ears. Yeah. That's something about that's an, a slave. If the slave decides to stay with the the owner, even though he could be set free, they pierce his ear. Yeah. Well, we sing it at church. Yeah. Church mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there are some definitely church songs that kind of have this life debt idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. The child, you know, they're put in service. You know, we just came across, you know, they were talking about Samson. And people were like, okay. Yeah. Well, his mom's like, I'm going to give you him and we'll do his work for the Lord. But yeah, there's several, several, several barren it. women who say, if, I, if you allow me to have a child, I will dedicate that child to the Lord's service. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, it's not a direct yeah. life debt, but it is more of a we will take care of. Yeah. Take care of the take care of your kids. David and Jonathan, and that reminds me that uh, in the broader Star Wars universe, um, Chewbacca owed a life debt to Han Solo because Han saved him from slavery or saved his life or something. So that's interesting. Walter, do you have something? <laughs> make the make the galaxy great again. Um, there is. I did think of one passage, and it's it's. I've always thought it was a strange deal. It's in Philemon, Philemon verse nineteen, and Paul throughout the book of Philemon is trying to get Philemon to allow Onesimus, one of his former slaves who has escaped. To, to say, just let him stay with me and, and help me. And Paul's really sly throughout the whole, the whole book. It's an interesting read from that perspective. And he says in verse 19 of Philemon, he says, and I'm not going to even mention that you owe me your life. So it's like, I'm not going to mention that. And then he mentions it. I mean, he mentions it by saying, I'm not going to mention it. Um, which is an interesting rhetorical device. But he says, you know, you should do this for me because in some sense he, he owed Paul his life, probably spiritually speaking. Um, so that's interesting. 
and and I, I just I think it may be a proper Christian motivation, and I, I've used it in sermons and lessons to say, you know, if you recognize how much God has given you, what doesn't that make you more? Doesn't isn't that a motivator for you to give to others or to help others? Um, and I, you know, it's. I just assume that's in the Bible somewhere. If we could just put our finger on the right verse. Um, I, I was surprised that I couldn't come up with it after thinking about it. I spent a full five or ten minutes. No, I, I spent some time, and I still couldn't think about it. Yeah. But there's something about that, George, that it's, you're, you're talking about, here's this obligation, I'm doing this because I have to, mm-hmm. and I get that at some level or another, but isn't there, that seems to take away some of the free will or just the, you know, instead of being obligated, it's just a natural response. Yeah. So, you know, Jar Jar, you know, has to do it because that's the, the, the religious law. Yeah. Jar Jar Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's something you do out of gratitude, not out of, uh, oh, now I have to even if I don't want to. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, maybe it got mentioned I didn't hear it, but, but Christianity is more about paying it forward, not paying it back. Okay. Right? And it's, isn't, that, I mean, isn't that sort of what we're supposed to do? It's not, we can't really pay God back. He wants us to pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's a huge difference. Well, and I, the, the one verse that I thought came the closest as I was thinking about it is Philippians chapter 2. Where Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who was in the very nature of God, did not count equality with God, something to be held on to, but made himself a servant and humbled himself even to death on a cross. And so therefore, you know, put the interest of others ahead of your own interest. And that is more of a model. It's not that, that you are paying Jesus back for that. It's that you're modeling that same attitude as you pay it forward to other people, which is different than what Jar Jar is doing here. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I just, like I was just thinking. Um, I don't think that the idea of a life debt is biblical. Is like in our theology because like Jesus died to break the slavery that like uh, the slavery of sin, mm. and you know because like we are enslaved to sin, and like the idea of he he freely gave himself of no like out of no expectation of us. To free us from all bondage, and then calls us, you know, come follow me. But he never did. Jesus never demands. Yeah. All so I, I don't think that, like Jesus like takes away that. Yeah. Place the debt. Yeah, um, and I just thought of something though. Uh, to push back to that one a little bit is that Paul and your your comment made me think of this. Paul does call himself a slave of Christ in some places, um, which could be a life debt type thing. Hmm. Um, well, I do think there are some, some lessons to gain, even from Phantom Menace. Uh, I hope you continue to think about this, and, and uh, if you're like me, things are sparked in our conversations here that just continue on throughout the week. Um, I think I really like that symbiosis and don't assume that somebody else's interests are not shared with you and and I thought that was a really neat idea. Um, Next week we're going to get into 
uh, Anakin, young little Anakin, and um, midi-chlorians, and a virgin birth. So maybe more direct theological application with the virgin birth of Anakin Skywalker. So uh, please, thank you. Uh, please come if you can next week. But thank you very much for being here and for your conversation this morning.